Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com And welcome to the Radio 5G segment we call Other Voices, to be aired on March 29th, 2023. It is a pre-recorded show with two very different topics. The first hour is with Barry Tower being interviewed by the international lawyer Reiner Fulmich, focusing on microwave energy dangers and how long those dangers have been understood and hidden from everyone, including militaries worldwide. The second hour is a presentation by Ani Avedisian on her show, Metaphysical Martini, produced by Cosmic Reality. There is not much most of us can directly do to offset the weaponization of EMF frequencies. The only true action we can take is to individually take on the role of spiritual warriors and to fight every battle against the insanity taking over reality, which has been perpetrated by, simply put, evil. Ani will show you how that is done. I hope you enjoy the presentations. Be safe. Be blessed. Thank you for being here. Okay, so this is going to be another session, one of the more important, probably the more uh, most important session that the International Crimes Investigative Committee has ever done. And we will today interview uh, Barry Trower on uh, microwaves, 3G, 4G, 5G, and on what these, uh, what microwave radiation uh, does to the body and his experience or his backdrop to all of this. So let me introduce or let me ask Barry Trower to introduce himself. Barry, how did you get into this? I started in... 1959, when I joined the military, wanted to be a Royal Navy diver and medic, but you, you, I was 15 then. You needed to be 18 mm -hmm. to be a medic. So I went into radar and diving. I studied all aspects of microwave irradiation. I with the Royal Navy divers, uh, microwaves are used as booby traps. Mm -hmm. So I studied microwaves as booby traps. They are also used, or they were used then, when you are dismantling a mine, if you come to the surface and dismantle a mine, somebody will beam microwaves at your brain to make you make a mistake. That was my interest. Uh -huh. in how microwaves can make you blow yourself up. Then... That was even in back then, in 19... Well, yes, it was well established. This was established way back in the 40s, they knew this. Uh -huh. I've got the full history of it. Uh -huh. um, so I understood microwaves. Then I went in to study medicine, which is not a, a, a doctor, not a qualified doctor. I studied medicine, military medicine, 
and I, I was interested in uh, the fact that the military were not protected against microwaves when we were taught all of the damage of microwaves. And even today, the military are not protected against microwaves. And an article I read very, very recently about pilots, military pilots with microwaves in the cockpits, um, they are warned not to have intercourse within seven days of leaving the cockpit if they want a normal child. I mean, there are lots of things like this. But um, when I left the military, I had top security clearance and an extensive knowledge of microwaves and harm. We, we had, they used to warn us because we had the microwave walkie-talkies mm -hmm. and the, the spies were very, very talkative people. You could, you, I mean, you couldn't stop them. Hmm. Um, and uh, they would say, we don't use this frequency because we use that to, but when I debriefed spies, I made a, a list of 20, 30 frequencies, a top secret list of uh, 30 to 40 neurological and physiological illnesses that could totally disable a human brain or a human body. Today's list is around 600 pulse frequencies. And I just gathered all of this knowledge uh, over the 11 years. And when I retired, I went into teaching. I taught advanced physics, advanced mathematics, some advanced human biology from my medicine. My first degree... I specialized in nuclear and atomic physics. My dissertation, I wrote on absorption of the far end of the microwave bands into the atomic structure. My second degree, which was a higher degree, I studied environmental influences, including microwaves, on the brain and thinking processes. I have a teaching diploma in human physiology. Um, I have written papers uh, since the seventies since on all of this and they're still being written. I wrote a PhD um, listing everything to do with government and my, my research, the mathematics, everything I wrote a PhD proving this. <clears throat> Unfortunately, then, either the Chancellor of my university, Exeter, mm -hmm. at that time, either the Chancellor or the Chancellor's friend, Sir Richard Dole, was the chief government scientist, and as corrupt as they come, hmm. he got wind of my PhD. He had it shredded. Uh, my doctorate was banned and it's illegal for me to use it. Huh. Uh, but I still kept a copy of the PhD and I can do it. I've got a copy for you. Yes. Um, 
and that only made me more determined uh, then I realized and it's been published since that my one particular quest is to prevent the suffering of two billion women and in fact the number has grown since then mm -hmm. from miscarriage stillbirth genetically damaged children I've written two papers one because the the ovaries and the placenta uh, that does not have the immune system that the other cellular processes in the body do. Mm -hmm. All of our cellular processes have what's known as protein 53, a nuclear core complex, and if you are attacked by radiation, they can react to protect the cellular structures. Uh, they don't always work, but they can. But the Within the placenta, which absorbs 70% more radiation because it's wet and floating, um, the 39 weeks of the baby growing, the baby does not have protein 53 or the nuclear core complex, and the brain is particularly susceptible and the eggs which are born with the baby, the 400,000 eggs in the immature ovaries, they have no protection at all. And the main damage, there are lots of different, the baby's being attacked on several fronts, for several fronts. The brain, I have recently written a paper on, the uh, water, that the baby is surrounded in and is inside the baby. I have now proven through a professor, I was waiting for his research, which is now proven. I wrote a paper which has recently been uh, translated into 84 languages in 100 countries, proving the harm to the baby. And I wrote an earlier paper for an 11-year-old girl for a legal case in the United States. In Oregon. In Oregon. Um, so I've concentrated on preventing the suffering of women from the brain, the organs in the baby, for the full 39 weeks, for various stages to do with all the different frequencies, to do with the cyclotronic and the circadian resonant frequencies and as the organs grow so the resonant frequencies then interfere with the growth of that and one of the facts I discovered with my paper which was co-edited and I had it proofread by the people listed on the front I can give you a copy today I had it proofread by the people I listed on the front my university mathematician and advanced physics lecturer, the lecturer of um, midwifery, 
uh, a GP of 30 years who is an expert in microwave radiation as well. Uh, a few other people. <clears throat> it has been thoroughly proofread and as I say, that has been translated into 84 languages mm -hmm. and I can get you an electronic copy and a, a, a signed copy from me mm -hmm. saying it is authentic. <clears throat> but I can prove that and if it is published by the World Health Organization uh -huh. that two things the mitochondrial DNA in the womb inside the baby the mitochondrial DNA uh, a half of that per generation will be damaged now what that means is the maths is very simple it's like a decay curve, if you damage the mitochondrial DNA, and I'll give you the good news first, is that in every single country, only one in eight children will be born alive or uh, with genetic damage or stillborn or, or miscarried. Only one in eight, after three generations, will be born alive. Seven will be damaged, either dead or damaged. Well, seven out of eight in three generations, and that's in 16 years. And that is government documents. They have kept it secret. As it happens, I kept the secret document, and I can give you a copy. Brilliant. But... The bad news is the mitochondrial DNA is damaged and any biologist and doctor will know that is irreparable. Now, if a baby is born with genetic damage and this can be, and this is proven through epigenetics, a baby can develop cancer on the 15th day of pregnancy. The mother doesn't even know she's pregnant. She's not even missed her first period. 15th day of pregnancy, the baby through genetics can be born with cancer. <clears throat> but the bad news is that this is from the mitochondrial DNA and it is irreparable and is transferred mother daughter, daughter, daughter along the female line until the female line stops. So as well as having only one in eight born, the might those that are born will have a genetic lineage of three ge of mother, daughter, daughter, daughter permanently until you stop that line. Mm -hmm. That is one of the harms. The other comes from the uh, damage to all of the organs over the 39 weeks of birth. <clears throat> and in a baby, and this is provable, there are 10,050 biological structures that can be harmed 
by the 600 pulse frequencies that can damage those 10,050 structures. Um, I, I have the United States government. Uh, I can prove this from documents from the United States government. I can prove it from the World Health Organization documents. I have the documents that say this is top secret. What I've just said is top secret and must never be shown to the public. I have all of those documents. Um, and the man responsible... So it is, it is not just uh, Exeter University. It is the United States government, the, the World United Health States Organization. Government, the World Health Organization, uh, the electrical engineer, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the American secret services with the electrical engineers. Uh, they all want to keep this secret from the people. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I, I've got the document mm -hmm. that actually says... So they know it, and knowingly, they continue with their microwave radiation, full well know knowing that... Continuing today, knowing the death toll for women yeah. is 2 billion, that can be proved, and they are continuing with it, although I have got the documents mm -hmm. that say from the United States, the Defense Intelligence Agency it is saying, I'll paraphrase this, we must set a safety level whereby if the military find out how vulnerable they are and the general public how vulnerable they are, they can never take us to court. We must set a safety level that can never be beaten in court, which they did. Uh -huh. And uh, I have the documents to prove that they set this and they kept it secret, uh, and they're still keeping it secret. And the man responsible, uh, an Australian, he was head of the World Health Organization Science Microwave Department, I think, he is head of, you know, ICNA, the International Commission for Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection. Uh -huh. Are paid for by the industry. Uh, I exposed him and I had him sacked, but by then the damage was done because I have spoken to many governments and when you talk to a government, you have top security clearance to say anything, mm -hmm. provided it is not a lie. And they say, if you lie and you are caught in a lie, you will leave that dock, your feet won't touch the ground, and you will wake up in prison, and we're talking a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and I went before Professor Michael Rappacholi, head of the World Health Organization, ICNA, um, industry-led, industry-paid, 
And I said, after I spoke to the government, I said, the man following me is all of this. I believe he has a conflict of interest because uh, he is on the payroll of all of these people and he is setting a safety level that protects the industry, the government, against the people and against the military so they can never win in court. Um, and I said, he has a conflict of interest and he is working on behalf of those, not you. And they said, thank you very much, Mr. Char. We will challenge him. They did challenge him. He could not lie. He was taken to court. A barrister went to town on him and he could not lie. He was exposed. He was sacked. The clever part that he set, he went back to set the exposure level. Um, he set a level that could never be taken to court. And he said, we will go back to 1953. There was an engineer called Schwartz. He set a level whereby the body should not be heated above this level within six minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's the level. Mm -hmm. Six minutes. They have extended some of it to 30, but there is a six-minute heating level. But the level where you people hold their cell phones, yeah. there are no heat sensors inside the brain. Mm -hmm. So they're holding up their phone, the brain cannot detect the heating anyway, but the the safety level is only six minutes. Mm -hmm. After that, any child who is one second old can receive thousands of times that exposure, 24 hours a day for life, because you're only covered, the, the Safety level is six minutes. Mm. So when they say we have a safety level and all of our experiments show and everybody like me and you are talking a load of rubbish, uh, our experiments and we have the best universities in the world proving this. Yes, they're proving that you will not get too warm in six minutes. Mm -hmm. They do not take into account the electric vector on the cellular structure, the magnetic vector vector on the cellular structure, the circadian resonant frequencies, the cyclotronic resonant frequencies, the 600 pulse resonant frequencies, the effects on the 10,000 plus biological structures that suffer from electromagnetic radiation <laughs> and this is still going on, it is still covered up mm -hmm. uh, and, and it, it, it is why uh, I have given up my retirement, you've given up your retirement 
and we are fighting till we draw our last breath. Exactly. Uh, my own particular angle is to save two billion women, uh, which over three generations in every country in the world uh, is going to be in, and um, the maths proves this. This is also published. Barry, uh, one thing, um, it seems to me that it's not just the general public, but it's the military in particular that should be alerted to these problems. I have documents from the military. I have um, research. I have 2,000 research papers here. Mm -hmm. And I have what I would like you to do, maybe on this visit or the next, I would like you to photograph I will. my index of every single paper. Mm -hmm. And in it, I have listed the title of the paper and everything that it covers. Very and good. I, I keep 2,000 papers. Um, the military, in most cases, are 70% more danger. And I can tell you now, and um, I have known and in one case, I was contacted by Fort Bragg mm -hmm. in America mm -hmm. when I think... It was seven of their special servicemen came back. They are very heavy users. Mm -hmm. And when they came back, all seven, when they got home, some of them killed their wives. Whoa. Some of them beat their wives to a pulp, but they couldn't control their, vi their um, violence because of the pulse frequency causing... Um, the entrainment, long-term potentiation yes. in the brain. And long-term potentiation, which I can explain in detail, yeah. goes on uh, for ages. I, here's two things I need you to know before you... I'll let you go, but because I don't want to forget this. I have a very good friend. I went to school with him. He is, a, he is a, an administrative law judge in Germany. And... I remember him telling me about this story. He had a case before his court of, I don't know, five, six, or ten German soldiers who were exposed to radar, working with radar equipment. I forget what it is. And he's the only one, or his court is the only one who decided in favor of the, of the soldiers. And I also remember Dr. Judy Mikovits, who is a very uh, experienced biologist from the United States, telling me that the Mass shootings, which you've read about, uh, yeah. the first one, I several of them. yeah, several of them. The first one involved two seventeen, sixteen, seventeen-year-olds. Uh, uh, I forget the name of the place. This is in nineteen ninety-nine. Before that, there were no mass shootings, and this is this happened in a community where. Uh, lots of soldiers lived, and these two children or young teenagers who committed the crimes were sons of two of these soldiers. So there may have been microwaves involved in this. The, the, the mind control programs, and the last one I know uh, by Reagan that was authorized in the 90s when Reagan was president, he reauthorized it, um, reauthorized it. They are still going on today. Mm -hmm. uh, there are many of them. And, I mean, I I'm trained in microwave warfare. 
Mm-hmm. And I can explain. I mean, you could you can stop Olympic infla- Olympic athletes mid stride. Wow, with a pulse, and I often get calls about that. Um, but it is known, uh, and I can go through the I can go through the brain. I've studied the brain. I've written papers on the brain. Um, I I know exactly the pulses. And this was, I, I can run through the history, mm-hmm. but we could get people to do this in the 40s. Wow. Way back then. The way back then, the brain frequencies, and of course the knowledge is gaining, but in the 40s and 50s, you could get people to uh, brainwashing. It, it is incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the average person can be trained to kill like those kids. Mm-hmm. Within 30 hours, mm-hmm. I, could, I could brainwash an ordinary person in 30 hours. Um, uh, it's funny, but they tend. To you mean you can you can you can make totally normal people act yep. like mass murderers? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I've I've seen uh, people uh, with microwaves. I've seen a man in a ball ring have a ball to his spine, have a ball charge, flick a switch, ball stop still. So that's what it was. Yeah. I've heard about these stories. Yeah. I didn't uh, know I didn't know it was microwaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean I, I could talk for a month on, mm. on but you, you 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 can program people to do it and people are being programmed to do it. Mm-hmm. Um you need to ask me about this because the governments or the governments within governments mm-hmm. the deep state Reagan mm-hmm. authorized the last one in the 90s they're still going mm-hmm. um, you've got to know it makes sense if you want to invade a country like Russia is invading Ukraine at the moment mm-hmm. it's a lot easier with something like HARP Mm-hmm. So just beam the microwaves down, mm-hmm. subdue everybody, because you know the frequencies. You can do it. You can have microwave warfare. You have um, uh, germ warfare, mm-hmm. microbiological warfare from microwaves, which is was common in the sixties, where you can give. You'll have to ask me about it. Yeah, you can do any. You can have. Biological warfare, um, germ warfare, people warfare, and you can do whole, you can do tell, we microwave the women at Greenham Common protesting against missiles in England to give them all cancer. We microwave the, the Catholics in Northern Ireland oh. to give them brain tumors and cancer. It's, it's been going on forever. Oh my God! It's been going on forever, and, and and it is documented, and I've got the documents. And the two children who committed the crimes—they were sons of military personnel. She had no, she didn't she couldn't make any sense of it. But now that you're talking about how they're using microwaves, now it all makes sense to me. The funny thing is the the, the pulse frequencies, mm-hmm. for instance. 
one of the ones used in ordinary cell phones, Wi-Fi, I think, um, is known to cause sexual aggression. Oh. That makes sense even more. And is this... How do you... How do they use these... This is a weapon, obviously. Um, how do they target or do they target people specific yes. people the one thing i've not understood is uh the people being targeted tend to be ex-military connected with the military connected with the government mm -hmm. children of people connected to the government but the, the people being targeted when they phoned me, they usually, they either worked in some defense thing, but it's very rare to get somebody who has not had a tie somewhere with the military or the military uh -huh. or weapons. Uh huh. That's how we have to make sense of this somehow. I think it's because you're easily tracked. And easily traced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That explains it, yes. But, uh, I mean, I know of eight, very recently, I know of eight service personnel who have acted right out of character and killed somebody on the battlefield who is just injured and laying there or whatever but but I, I've known eight and, and I published a little paper on it mm -hmm. I've got the little paper through there um, but uh, <clears throat> I, I know eight people in the military get a life sentence in a military prison which, which can't be very nice um, for unprofessional behavior Mm -hmm. Killing somebody when I know it, it's the microwave they're behaving the way the microwaves would predict they would behave. Mm -hmm. You're not certain that this is the result of microwave radiation, but you would suspect that it is they follow... because they acted totally out of character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to study medicine and diving, mm -hmm. and they said. Uh, they give them some sort of test, uh, and they said, you'll be good at radar. <laughs> okay, microwaves. But the, my very first... <clears throat> my very first lecture, uh, I had to pass exams to get in, in 1959, to get in at 1960. <laughs> um, my very first lecture in 1960 in microwaves to do with diving and radar was the instructor he came out and he said if any of you in military words want to use that thing dangling between your legs that you don't know what it's for yet <laughs> don't expose it to microwave irradiation don't expose your brain to microwaves the first thing we're going to do for the first day is learn how not to microwave ourselves. Mm -hmm. And they drummed it into that if you were going where there was a transmitter, 
like an ordinary phone, it had to, before you went in the room, it had to be turned off. Uh -huh. The key was padlocked. The key from the padlock went to the officer of the day. Uh -huh. So you could work in there safely. And when you left, and they wanted the microwaves on, the officer of the day showed that, demonstrated the room was safe, and then unlocked it, and that they were switched on again. Uh -huh. The same if you needed to climb all the mast. Um, and we were taught to dismantle all of our bombs, mines, underwater, uh -huh. because they would have a sniper, only with that, not with a gun, but with an microwave beam. Uh -huh. Now it makes sense to me. Now it makes sense. So that's what you had to be, that's what you had to be aware of, that their snipers, instead of using guns, they were using microwaves. In order to keep you from, in order to keep you from, uh, de, what, from, from defusing the, the bombs or the mines. It causes confusion. Mm -hmm. So, it's bad enough defusing a mine or a bomb underwater anyway, mm -hmm. uh, because they, they have other booby traps. Yeah. Um, and you follow a very strict protocol of not magnetic knives, uh, no form of light because they have light sensors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're, you're just no, not, not to, not to break the surface. Mm -hmm. And only very recently, I'll get over there. Um, I had a call from a psychiatrist who said, I'm getting reports that children using cell phones and it is known and published and made top secret now, but known and published that a child using a cell phone mm -hmm. for two minutes, mm -hmm. just two minutes, a two-minute call, <laughs> the brain will be entrained for two hours afterwards. <laughs> now, it's not a linear scale, but after two minutes, or just a two-minute call, now imagine a child in the playground. I'm over here, you've got a bag of crisps. You have what's known as entrainment of the brain where the waves are coming in, that hundreds of millions a second coming in. And the easiest way to explain it is if... A child is jumping on a trampoline. The, the child will come to its own rhythm. If a twenty-stone man comes on <clears throat> and jumps, the child will have to jump at the man's rhythm. Yeah, that is called entrainment. Uh huh. You automatically entrain the waves that you are affecting in the brain. It's a kind of synchronizing moment then. Yeah. And if the man then jumped off the trampoline, uh -huh. you would carry on bouncing uh -huh. 
at his rate until you got back to yours. Yeah. That is long-term potentiation. Uh-huh. And long-term potentiation in terms of military people um, can last easily six weeks. Easily six weeks. But they're totally unaware of this. They're totally unaware of it. And it is estimated to be responsible. I've got the article. It's estimated to be responsible for a certain number of plane crashes with jet fighters or misdemeanors with jet fighters where it is put down into pilot error. Mm-hmm. Uh, the military are not told. They're not even aware. So this... Um... I'm speculating here, but uh, in the 1960s and 70s, I believe, we had major casualties in Germany of uh, the Air Force flying American starfighters. Yeah. That may have something to do with it, right? Because the the cockpit um, is like the inside of a cell phone. Mm -hmm. I'll just get my little drawing of the brain, just a whole... Sure, sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll keep talking. Mm -hmm. I had a call... From a psychiatrist, I had a call from a psychiatrist <clears throat> asking why, when children get off their phones, the behaviour for different children is different. Mm-hmm. Was there any reasonable explanation? Yeah, and I said yes. Always an explanation, and. He said, without going into massive amounts of research mm-hmm. and taking months, he said, can you, can you sort of write me an essay mm-hmm. on roughly what happens that I can use for my lectures? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I'm sorry, I'll just hold it myself. What I did, on the front page, I gave an explanation... I'll come over. Of, I gave an explanation of why it works, because you're changing the mm-hmm. entropy mm-hmm. of the brain, second law of thermodynamics. Yeah. I gave a law of why it happens. I referenced the two main um, articles I read, mm-hmm. Scientific American Special Edition of the Brain, and that, what's that one? Uh, National Geographic, mm-hmm. special edition of the brain. Um, and I listed the areas of the brain uh-huh. there. <clears throat> now, and I said, it depends the angle that you hold. Yeah. That you hold the cell phone. Yeah. And I've written a list of all of these different parts of the brain and how microwaves can affect them. Mm hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. can take this with you. Okay, great, great. <laughs> and and as all the parts of the brain are numbered, it's extremely important. Yeah, it's all of this in a nutshell, so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of this. In, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think in France and Spain, they did a sweep right across France and Spain, just over a week. Yeah. With schools with transmitters in the playground, and they found 200 schools where there were 
eight different types of cancer that could be attributed to the microwaves. The role of the WHO. What role do they play in this? They are suppressing it. They are suppressing it. Suppressing it mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. And they, they really got no choice now mm-hmm. because uh, in my legal bunch, which I have over there, mm-hmm. I have research from legal firms and maybe tomorrow I'll read you some of the mm-hmm. And I have research from legal firms and what they basically say is uh, they list I think four or five national and international laws that are violated. I can read them out to you. And they also say that they come where the polluter or the, the polluter pays the principal. And uh-huh. if you're the one that does the harm, you pay everything to repair it. Uh-huh. It's a very simple legal principle, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the polluter pays the principal. That is shrined in law. Mm-hmm. And uh, apart from the other laws that are being broken, and they can't afford now to say, whoops, we're sorry, because <laughs> there would, there already are, mm-hmm. but there would be world class actions everywhere. <clears throat> the industry's shares would plummet mm-hmm. overnight. Mm-hmm. The Obviously. Trillionaires would be out on the streets. Mm-hmm. Everything would be confiscated by governments. Um, by the people, probably, because we first have to restore... I think there would be mm. riots. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Which we are beginning to see, mm-hmm. where uh, people have been deliberately allowed to die to keep secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when this bubble bursts, and it is already bursting, <clears throat> I know I have corroborated evidence of everything, um, it's already busting, and they are now afraid. And we are talking about, uh, in some, in some countries, death sentences, and in other countries, life imprisonment. Uh-huh. So you're going from being a billionaire to life imprisonment. But the, again, as you mentioned before, this is not being uh, reported on the mainstream media because they're un- under control of, I don't know, six families or something. No, the, the, the people that are responsible um, have already delegated responsibility. Mm-hmm. So the people that will end up with the death sentences and the life imprisonments, they are the ones panicking mm-hmm. because they are the ones responsible. Yeah. They said, you know, we said, and I have got the one document that can win any legal argument uh, that you have in court. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 
and it's from the International Commission for Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection, ICNA. Mm-hmm. All European countries, as, as well as the Five Eyes, which is the United States, Canada, UK, Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. they all follow under Michael Rapacholi, and they all follow the International Commission six-minute rule. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but one thing that... Nobody... Which was designed to keep these people from winning these cases in a court of law. Yeah. But if that is their intention, then it will defeat itself. It's self-destructive because that shows intent. But themselves. Mm-hmm. So it falls to the next layer of mm-hmm. governments. Decision makers need to take into account that sick people, the elderly, children, the vulnerable, the sensitive, may need a different safety level than the rest of the population, mm-hmm. very small prints, and again very small prints, decision makers should read current scientific literature mm-hmm. and set a safe level that will err in the safety of the person being irradiated. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people, I think, very, very scared mm-hmm. and could be executed for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking of suffering and death in the billions. Mm-hmm. And some of the, with Jerry Flynn's books, <clears throat> what I have done, I recommend that only $9 each, mm-hmm. and it's for charity. Mm-hmm. He has listed every major decision to do with the government, the United States, industry, electrical engineer cover-up, every cover-up he has listed where the decision was made, when it was made, the website, who to contact, how to prove it, um, and he has gone right from the beginning where I come from, in the Cold War, mm-hmm. I've also done, I have indexed both Jerry Flynn's books mm-hmm. from start to finish, every page, every topic. So if you wanted something to do with 5G, a 5G weapon, uh, the growler as it's known, how it's used, all of this, you just go down my index, uh, book to page 53 mm-hmm. I've indexed every all 2,000 things here including my own research mm-hmm. so if you want something it's here and you're coming on to spies okay so you basically um, what your advantage is over most people is that you've seen it from both sides you know about microwave radiation and what it does and you know about clandestine operations. I am only, as far as I know, 
I am the only one in the world with my knowledge. I believe it. The only one mm -hmm. in the world with my knowledge, my documents, I don't keep here, so they need mm -hmm. to run the place down. Mm -hmm. um, apart from Jerry Flynn, yeah. who I think I know more than he does, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I knew more than anybody else mm -hmm. because of my daily contact. Um, and of the 25 of us on my course, um, there were only a few of us that were military, mm -hmm. and the military people were not my military. So in, when it comes to military, I am the only one, I, as far as I know, that knows what I know, mm -hmm. apart from Jerry. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, the, the, the man I admire, really, um, John, they call him Jack Kennedy. Mm -hmm. um, PT-105. Yeah. Man. I remember that book. He, yeah, PT-109. Um, he's Navy. I'm Navy. I admire his his loyalty to his crew in rescuing them. I've admired him right the way through. <clears throat> he went and spoke to a university. I've got the reference and the date. <clears throat> He went to a, and spoke to a university about all of this. He made it his business to find out from all of our documents. He made it his business. <clears throat> he made it his business to expose to all of them. To expose it. Mm -hmm. He went to a university <clears throat> and said, this is what you are going to be exposed to. This is what people being... Um, brainwashed, if you like, are being exposed to, counterintelligence and all that being taking place. <clears throat> he gave it to the university. Ten days later, he was shot. Mm -hmm. Ten days later. In November of 1963. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the coincidence? Mm -hmm. What's the coincidence of that? Yeah, there, there's not just correlation, there's causation. Exactly. He said to, to the university, and, and I've got some of the words, he said, I am going to expose yes. everybody here. And he was president. Mm -hmm. Ten days later, he was shot. He was going to expose the whole cabal, so yep. to speak. He was going to expose everything. Freemasonry, the, the yep. Anglo-American financial mafia. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, he was shot, and all the papers disappeared. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I... I, I'd love to talk to Robert Kennedy, John, yeah, Robert Kennedy Jr., mm -hmm. how to stop two billion people mm -hmm. um, suffering, two billion women suffering. Um, and I'd, I'd love to have a judge to go into court with, with my, or have a judge come here, um, give all of my evidence, <clears throat> sign an affidavit, produce the proof so that um, if I do die, um, the evidence is still there. Yeah, and mm. you can set it, then any lawyer mm -hmm. say, ah, we've got it here. Don't, yeah. You know, so it's not lost. Mm -hmm. My fear is that everything's going to get lost. <clears throat> I don't think it will. But, um, and that's, that's on my USB stick. Mm -hmm. with the Russian Secret Service. Mm -hmm. Actually, well, I tell a lie. They've been in touch with me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 
because a lot of their papers were destroyed. <clears throat> um, and the one they particularly wanted, uh, I have, mm -hmm. which proves that the Russians experimented on 79 people, uh, many large cattle animals, mm -hmm. uh, other, other animals, with 5G. <clears throat> they experimented on them for 15 hours. Mm -hmm. They all developed over 15 hours life-threatening illnesses. Mm -hmm. You and, and the rest of us are being exposed to more than twice the amount the Soviets said can kill you. Wow. More than twice. How is that? And I've got the document, mm -hmm. and I've got the all the proof. Mm -hmm. um, and 5G is a weapon. It's called the Growler. It's, it's used It's used to, uh, one of the frequencies is used to uh, just make troops fall straight down. They just totally confuse their brains. Um, is a weapon. Is is could that be um, what we saw at the beginning, at the very beginning of the what we now call the pandemic uh, in China? People dropping dead on the streets. Yeah. Could that be a result of? Yeah. The, is this what they call a direct energy weapon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be. Um, you'll notice, and I'm not getting too political here, mm -hmm. but um, in China. The heaviest populated area of Muslims also has the heaviest concentration of 5G, mm -hmm. um, and they're all becoming sick. I mean, it's a way to get rid of all of the Muslims out of your country. Mm -hmm. This is before we even start talking about part. Yeah, I'd like you to download my USB stick. I will. Um, this is the one that proves everything about 5G mm -hmm. and everything about uh, women. Uh, and I got, I mean, I, I couldn't write this on my own. That, is that your dissertation? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, this is the paper I wrote just last year. Mm -hmm. This is the one that's been translated into... 84 languages. 84 languages. And it's being used... It's being used in court around the world. I, I know that. So that's the centerpiece. This is the centerpiece. This is my latest paper. Mm -hmm. And I, I got, um, yeah, I got my university university lecturer, uh, Professor Ollie Johansson for direction, the doctor for medical expertise, and he edited it, Joy, director of midwifery, Sylvia, who's a, a timeless researcher, uh, my wife put him suffering me, um, and a, a top secretary. But um, I've this is it here. I'll put a paper clip on it. There you are. Thank you. And, and I'll show you the the relevant page. I've listed all the stages of, of the baby. Mm -hmm. Well, I've listed all the. Um, here we are. <clears throat> all of the stages of the baby from an egg right the way through mm -hmm. and, and what's being but there, there are several diagrams yes there, several mm -hmm. tables and i've listed every frequency and how it affects different parts of the baby put a paper chip on that yeah 
Uh, I did this was done without me, and this is the research. This is the research by the police saying I did brief spying. Wow. Uh, I mean, they can't deny it. <clears throat> this was the one that was done by the police without yeah, your knowledge. So this says this is your life, basically. It's all my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I can assure you that there are a lot of people out there who will join you in this fight. Thank you so far. And it's a pleasure and an honor to meet you in person. Mm -hmm. So for today, we'll call it quits. Again, I thank you very, very much. But tomorrow we're going to continue. Hello, everyone. I'm Ani Mad Sharman Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And I'm trying so hard to do that today. It's chaos here today. There's lumberjacks outside my window, swinging from tree to tree with chainsaws at their hips. There's paramedics and first responders across the road. And if it just gets all too much for us, darling, I promise we'll re-record this for the download. But let's see how it goes. Darlings, a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. And I do thank you for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's a woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, your physical inventory determines your gender. If you are a male athlete, you cannot be a female contender. Why is this so difficult to understand? Could it be part of an agenda, dark and underhand? America has become a money laundering operation. Her noble heart needs a spiritual ablation. Shall we restore her to grace and glory before the globalists remove George Washington from the story? Almost amusing, but unsettling and confusing strange little world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. We are not always successful, I'll admit to that, but we are on a bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the metaphysical martini show, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. In fact, let me take a sip of today's cosmic cocktail and see if I made a good choice. Hold on. Don't go away. I'm going to sip. Mmm. Mmm. Ooh. Ooh, that is a winner, not a sinner. I love that one. More about that towards the end of the show. Um, and I should regulate my intake on that. That's so good. I don't want to down it and then get kind of squiffy. To all my regular martini heads, it's lovely to be with you again. And if you are joining us for the first time, fair warning to you, my darlings, this show is politically incorrect because we do not wish to erode the intellect. Martini heads are spirit-centered, free-thinking patriots. We stand for common sense, 
common courtesy and for common decency. We don't do woke. We know the agenda behind the poke. We won't wear a face cloak. And we know the current New World Order puppet administration is a joke. In fact, we would like it if anything supporting woke goes absolutely stone cold broke. What do we do? We adore our creator. And we adore our creator in the high places, in the low places, in the middle ground, and in the spaces in between the places. Duality is not for us. For martini heads, there is no place where the divine will not show its face. Our goal is to let the spirit inhabit the human, to co-create heaven on earth. And we do it at every available opportunity because, my darlings, this show is where top shelf distilled spirits meet the Holy Spirit, creating a divine union worthy of worship. What do we have for you on today's show? I have no idea. I'm going to make most of it up as we go along. But I think what we'll do is we'll ponder pertinent points and pontificate upon them. And we'll probably share some silly poetry because I've been imbibing and writing quite a bit of late. We will, of course, answer your questions and share your comments. That's why we started this show. And we will probably visit a little bit of American history and civics. And then we get to my favorite part of the show, the cocktail of the day. But before we get on with all of that, allow me to take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. When you visit Mystical Wares, you will fill up your wagon with a multitude of metaphysical items, including a fire-breathing dragon. I kid you not, people. Their inventory is happening and it's hot. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. Do you need shungite? Oh my God, people. They have mountains of shungite. They have got all the shungite in shungite in Russia. There's no more shungite left in Russia. It's all at mysticalwares.com in Mount Vernon, Washington. Do you need a crystal for scrying? They will leave you smiling, not crying. Head on down to Mount Vernon town and see what all the fuss is about, because mysticalwares.com is the bomb, people. All right, today's show is loosely titled <laughs> A Cornucopia of Dystopia. Um, and a cornucopia of dystopia is exactly what we are in the middle of today. So what is that? Um, a work of fiction describing an imaginary place where life is extremely bad because of deprivation or oppression or terror. Ooh, does that ring a bell? Ding, ding. A state in which the condition of life is extremely bad as from deprivation or oppression of terror. Okay, we did that. And what's a cornucopia? Uh, the property of being extremely abundant. So a cornucopia of dystopia is we have an abundance of bullshit in this world today. Are we experiencing an abundance of coercion, deprivation, oppression and terror? Hello? Yes, we are. Of course we are. But you see, darlings, it didn't happen overnight. The cabal has been chipping away at our sovereignty for decades now. Well, much longer than that, obviously. But for the sake of sanity, 
I won't go back as far as the Sumerian Illuminati. I'll stick to JFK Sr.'s assassination to the present day, more or less, depending on how much of this cocktail I drink sooner than later. Now, how do I want to start the show? I think I'd like to start by responding collectively to the emails I have received with regard to my apparent stance on gender issues. Warning, warning, hot topic, trigger warning. <laughs> I'll start by saying this to all the people who wrote in um, with their venom and vitriol. If you bothered to listen to my comments in full, you wouldn't have to write these emails. Now, I realize I have no control over how others perceive and receive my words, but I should tell you that I put a great deal of thought into my words. I make every attempt to be clear, concise, and oftentimes I'm downright blunt, but that's just me, you see. I don't do fancy frills or pretense. I do my best to be the very best version of myself, and I have worked diligently over the years to learn grace <laughs> and patience and to refine the, shall we say, grittier parts of my persona and to be as articulate as possible. So I ask you, please, all those who have written to me about my, <clears throat> where is it? Oh, yeah, extreme right wing homophobic fascist intolerance. Please look at those words and look them up in the dictionary because they don't apply to me. I am intolerant only of evil. I am intolerant of behavior exerting a malignant influence. I am intolerant of those who encourage morally objectionable behavior in those who are too young to have the maturity to know better. I am intolerant of those who seek to cause great harm to others. Am I getting this uh, straight for you people here? <laughs> Changing my glasses here. Now, with regard to gender issues, this is my stance in my own words. I have read multiple dissertations on gender issues, from scriptures to philosophies to psychologies, to delusional freshman fantasy, which I wouldn't recommend to anyone. I believe your physical inventory dictates your gender. If you have the penis package, you are male. If you have the vagina package, you are female, and that's the end of my story on that. And yes, medical anomalies are possible, but they are anomalies, not normality. We choose our gender pre-incarnation on the other side, and we do so for a reason. And the reason is obvious. You incarnate as a male because you wish to experience life as a male. You incarnate as a female because you wish to experience life as a female. Okay, let's say you have had multiple lives as a male for whatever reason, mainly because it's easier to get shit done, right? Well, you will want to balance that out with a female life experience from time to time. It's not rocket science, and for the most part, it all goes well. 
if you have had multiple lives as a woman. You might want to balance that out with a life experience as a male. The logic is sound, and for the most part, it all goes well. And this explains to some extent why we have effeminate men and manly women, most of whom we classify as gay, not all. You can be very literary as a man and be straight, and you can be rather butch as a woman and be straight, you know. Now, some feel, some people do feel that same-sex relationships are morally objectionable when we're talking about, you know, gay people, because you've accused me of being a homophobe, so I'm going to talk about it. If people think that gay relationships are morally objectionable, they have every right to think as they please, don't they? How they came to that conclusion is their affair, and why should it bother me? Because, darlings, I'm sure we've figured out by now, the only opinion that matters to me is my own. I very much believe that as long as it harms no one, one is free to live as one pleases. I think we've all figured out by now that my partner is female, so you can safely remove homophobe from your list. Does that make me a member of the gay community? No, it does not. My partner and I are members of the American community. We just happen to be gay. It has never been an issue for us, and therefore it has never been an issue for anyone else. It has not impacted life one way or another, and it rarely, if ever, comes up in conversation. Since no one has ever wanted to hire me for sex, and, you know, good job, by the way, because I'm crap at it. Why should it come up? My partner and I are not confused with regard to gender. We are both female. We both enjoy being female and huzzah for us and no big deal. If you're not OK with it, that's fine. Who cares? We don't. Now, moving on. Why do I object to certain elements within the trans arena? such as perhaps uh, pediatric gender reassignment surgery. Well, the phrase pediatric gender reassignment surgery might be a clue. It boggles the mind, my darling, that we are still having to ask these questions. It amazes me that a parent would consider putting their child up for such a procedure. It is insanity, in my opinion, but this is exactly what the cabal wants, and I'll tell you why. It has always been the cabal's plan to blur the lines between moral and immoral, good and evil, decency and depravity. It has always been their plan because their rituals are rooted in the evil, immoral, indecent and the depraved. And make no mistake, the top cabalists which, by the way, has nothing to do with the Kabbalah, okay? The top Kabbalists are Luciferians. They worship Lucifer because he stopped co-creating with Source. He got into his mad scientist groove once he had enough genetic material to play with and decided to focus on creating his own life forms. More about that another time. Surely you have noticed the push to have children agree to many types of medical procedure without requiring parental consent. And this started a few years ago, and I remember it well, 
because parents started calling me up and telling me they were prevented from being present during their teenagers' medical appointments. And the teenager coming out and telling the parents they were encouraged, strongly encouraged, bullied even, to take a certain vaccine or another. And at that time, that vaccine was called Gardasil. Vaccinations without parental consent. Parents ridiculed for wanting to vet their children's school curriculum. Are we connecting dots? Disconnecting the child from the parent or guardian, breaking up the family union. Breaking the family unit. The establishment wants to go full Aldous Huxley on our children. They want to make all wounds infertile. And the boosters, by the way, are doing a great job of that. Make no mistake, my darlings, the final chapter is full on transhumanism breeding new humanoids in maturation chambers and classifying them as alphas, betas, gammas, deltas, epsilons and epsilon semi-morons. They want everyone to be happy, happy, yes. And how are they going to do that? They want everyone on meds so they can be happy all day long. Meds that bypass our need to process our emotions without which we cannot discern the true from the poo. It has always been their plan to destroy free will and implement full-on enslavement. It has always been their plan to do it by corrupting the concept of liberalism. They promote tolerance as a virtue, but one cannot be tolerant of evil unless one is tricked into it, deceived, or is just in poor mental health. They appear to promote an anything goes culture, you know, live and let live and all that, but that's just a trick to let your guard down. PC, political correctness, was created to crush independent thinking and free speech, not to honor it, not to honor each other. Critical race theory was promoted to cause division, not to point out perceived inequality. If you can't see this, you might want to look again. Because why is it in the PC culture, under this puppet administration of bought and paid for self-serving fools, why is it that only conservative voices are censored? That doesn't fit in with an anything goes culture, does it? That's not tolerance. No, it's more along the lines of, ha ha, we fooled them, ha ha. And now let's keep fooling them until they stop falling for it, by which time we will have caused so much confusion and division, it will take years for them to sort it out and they will have given up and we win anyway, ha ha, culture. That's what it is. Right, back to the gender thing. If a grown man decides he wants to dress up as a woman and call himself Dolores, is that a problem? Do I feel the need or do I have the right even to tell him he is delusional and needs help? On both counts, no. No, it's none of my business. Wear a dress, go for it. Will I think of him as a female? Also no, but it's his life, not mine. Will I invite him into my woman's group? Also no, because he is not a woman. 
but he has every right to live as one if he so chooses. Will I allow him, will I allow him to join me in a women-only restroom? Also no, because those restrooms are for people with vaginas. We call those people women, not people with penises whom we call men. And this is not exclusion, this is common sense. And let us not dismiss the safety issue. Does it mean I'm going to ignore him in the street and not give him a glass of water if he's dying of thirst or not give him medical aid or not give him any aid that he needs? Of course not. He's a fellow human being. Stay with me here. Now, should he compete against biological women in the sporting arena? Of course not. He is a biological male and that would give him an unfair advantage. Men are bigger and stronger than women. Why do people not realize that accepting men as women in these arenas, dear God, I can't believe I still have to point this out 10 times a day. Why do we not realize that accepting men as women is the ultimate boot of the patriarchy in the face of womankind? I can hear a voice in the background going, hey, girlies, hey, females, you want equality? Well, F you. We men will now become females and ruin your chances of victory in all sporting arenas. Oh, and of course, as women, women who have dongles and dangly bits, we can slip into your restrooms, whip out our danglies, and you can't complain, you see, because we are now women. And if we are arrested, we will be placed in women-only prisons where we can get up to all sorts of shenanigans with our danglies. How are you enjoying equality so far, girlies? Sheer insanity, isn't it? And anyone putting up with this depravity needs a mental health checkup. Why is this even up for debate? And by the way, for those who have chosen to listen to the end of my little rant, the depravity I speak of is not the man dressing as a woman. If you want to parade in public as a woman or a caricature of a woman, knock yourself out. Who am I to stop you? The depravity is from the so-called liberal globalists, whatever they're calling themselves these days, who have bullied women into accepting biological males as bona fide females, and they are not. Men do not belong in women's arenas. They don't belong in women's sports. They don't belong in women's restrooms. They don't belong in women's prisons. This is insane and insanity makes the establishment shout out in glee. Why does it make them shout out in glee, Ani? I will tell you. Because this has always been their plan. I know, I worked for the bad guys for years. To blur the lines, that's what they want, to blur the lines, to keep pulling at the threads of our sanity until the last moral fiber has been unraveled and disposed of. Think what you will. I am not the thought police, but it's not going to happen in my house. It's not going to happen in my tribe, and it's not going to happen on my watch. I really believe, and it harm none, do what you will. But if you parade yourself in front of any children under my care, 
wearing oversized fake genitalia, asking them to touch the fake oversized genitalia, you and I, sir, are going to have a problem. And if you are teaching any children under my care, and if those children are well below the age of consent, if you instruct them on anal sex, oral sex, mutual masturbation, you and I, sir, are going to have a problem. And should there be a confrontation, please do not expect me to treat you like a lady. You don't become a lady by putting on makeup and a dress. Perhaps instead of these child-friendly drag shows, by the way, there is no such thing as a child-friendly drag show, but perhaps instead of these drag shows in front of children, we should have geneticists and biologists entertain our children. I think it will be a lot better, don't you? So don't come at me with accusations of extreme right-wing homophobic fascist bullshit. You are supporting an ideology of depravity and deep, dark corruption designed to rot the human race from the inside out. And now that we have cleared that up, let's talk about these 15 minute cities. You know, we all warned you about Agenda 21, all the things that were going to happen in 2012, 2020, 2030. We asked you to read and then to read between the lines. And if you had done so, we might have nipped this in the bud and not lost millions of lives to complications from you know what, you know, the bioweapon posing as Francine. I'm just going to say one more thing about the gender thing. Okay, one more thing before I go on to the 15 minute cities. The people who are fluid in their gender and it harm none, do as you please. But please don't expect people to accept you as such. If you want to mess with your pronouns, go ahead. But I'm not going to refer to you as they, them, because you can't fiddle with grammar and language like that. They, them is plural. I certainly can accept that you genuinely believe you have no gender, but that's not the case, is it? Because a cursory examination of your genitalia will reveal either a penis or a vagina. And in my world, which you don't have to inhabit, your physical inventory dictates your gender. You are under no obligation to accept my point of view. And I am no obligation under no obligation to accept yours other than to be in acceptance of your point of view. I do not hate people who are trans. I do not hate people who are gender fluid. Hate requires a tremendous amount of effort. And that is not where I put my energy. But I am entitled to share my opinion, especially when I think it's, well, I don't even think, I know what the agenda behind it is. I know why it's being encouraged. And please God, we have a change of administration tomorrow, please. And we stop all this depravity and just get back on track somehow. Again, all part of a greater agenda to corrupt mankind and OK, we'll talk more about it in greater detail on another show. Back to Agenda 21, the point of a 15 minute city from the establishment's point of view is to enslave mankind in little city cages. Everything we need would be provided for us and all within a 15 minute walk or bicycle ride. 
The 15-minute city is an urban planning concept in which most daily necessities and services, such as work, shopping, education, healthcare, and leisure, can be easily reached by a 15-minute walk or bike ride from any point in the city. All the little humans confined like rodents in a gilded cage. What could possibly go wrong? It just makes sense, doesn't it, from a town planning perspective? It's rubbish. All of it. It's not about making life easier for us. It's about making life easier for the establishment. They wish to restrict our movement. You know, th those of us who are left alive, they wish to restrict our movement. It is easier to control us and to kill us if we are caged. And if we are caged and dependent only on what is allowed to be brought into our cages, heavily reliant on the convenience of being spoon-fed, how easy would it be for the establishment to cut off all supply should the rats decide they want to be rebellious? These people, these bad people, these filthy little apologies for humans, they are marketing experts. They publish shiny, sparkly lies. And over many years, mankind has been carefully trained to trade critical thought for convenience. Peeps are jumping up and down and screaming, this happened overnight. Oh my God, Arnie, this happened. No, darlings, God, I need a drink. Hang on, where's my drink? Oh, here it is. Mm. Mm. You know, that's not bad. I'm keeping that. Mm. It didn't happen overnight. We have talked about it in public for well over a decade now. People simply did not want to hear it. And now many of those people expect, nay demand, that someone come to save them from their lack of foresight, from their apathy and from their indifference. And that, my darlings, doesn't that smack a little bit of the ultimate in woke entitlement? Get up off your asses, admit you did no research, and were therefore deceived and make your displeasure known. You have power now. As people who were conned and then woke up, you have a lot more power than people like me who knew about it all the way along. And you are under no obligation to put up with New World Order. You are sovereign beings, creations of source, creator I am. And it's about bloody time some of you started to act like it. And don't you dare play the boo-hoo I'm a victim game. The time, my darlings, for hand-holding is over. Kick down the barriers of those 15-minute cities, and while you're at it, kick down the barriers that prevent spirit from piercing and illuminating your God-given hearts and minds. There's a little ditty I heard on PooTube video. I call them PooTube because they keep taking down my videos. There was some bloke from the UK with a guitar at one of these rallies, and he's singing, you know, you can stick your new world order up your ass. You can stick your new world order up your ass. You can stick your new world order. Uh, what is it saying? Oh, we are not lambs for the slaughter. You can stick your new world order up your ass. Singing, aye, aye, yippee, we are free. We are free. Nobody's gonna stick that needle into me. Your agenda is rejected. You will not be re-elected. You can stick your new world order up your ass. Everybody go up and sing their own version of that song at your county halls, at your town halls, and anybody who's trying to make you a rodent in a cage. 
And while we're connecting dots, hitherto believed not to exist, why not do some research on Operation Mockingbird and see how far back media manipulation really goes? What about Operation Paperclip, a secret United States intelligence program in which more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers and technicians were taken from the former Nazi Germany to the US for government employment after the end of World War II in Europe? between 45, 1945, and between that and 59. They were still yanking them out through 59. Because, you see, darlings, your eyes will be opened and your jaws will drop. How about Operation Bluebeam? Preparing the way for a new age religion, for some sort of antichrist and fake aliens. But wait, people wait, there's more. What about the Montauk Project? Have fun messing with timelines. What about the Jesuits and their little black pope? What are they up to? What about Tavistock? The Tavistock Institute for Human Relations, shaping the moral, spiritual, cultural, political, and economic decline of the United States. You should all dig a little, because once you start going down the rabbit hole, you will want to buy a bigger, stronger shovel. And then when you're done with that, you're going to go down and rent one of those little tiny cranes. I think they're called cats. And you are going to shovel, shovel, shovel until you get to the bottom of things. And I hope you do shovel because you're afraid of the truth. You know, so many people are afraid of the truth. Stop being afraid. We are sovereign beings created by a God in the divine soul forge of our universe. Stop acquiescing, sweethearts, and begin assessing. Well, let me have a sip of my drink. Mm. I guess I'm done pontificating for this show anyway. Let's move on to quack questions, answers, and comments. If you would like to share the choice morsels of madness percolating in the corridors of your minds with martini heads all, all across the world, Send your emails to me, Oni at OniAbadistian.com or via snail mail to Cosmic Oni P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon 97070, United States of America the Beautiful. And please don't forget to let me know if and how you wish to be identified or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. Let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. Shaky, 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 shaky. All right. Our first missive is from Jenny in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who asks, Arnie, are you enjoying your new instant pot? I have linked a few recipes for you and a couple of book recommendations. How on earth did you know I bought an instant pot? Did I mention it on a podcast or during an interview on someone else's podcast? Should I be concerned? Seriously, Jenny, tell me, please, how you found out about my um, instant pot. I'm intrigued. But since you asked, I love it. I bought it when my ancient pressure cooker finally gave up the ghost. And I thought to myself, self, this is so much more than a pressure cooker. And I do love one pot cooking because I don't like to make in a you know, a big mess in the kitchen just to get a bit of food. It's a useful addition. And unless I need something broiled or roasted, looks like this instant pot is now my main squeeze. Oh, yes, darling, we are going to be very happy together for many years to come. But I still want to know how you know I have an instant pot. Thank you. 
what else is in the fishbowl? I'll be using the Instant Pot for um, the St. Patrick's Day dinner. I promised I would make my people beef and Brussels sprouts and all sorts of things. And it's wonderful to just throw it all in the pot and it cooks itself. Oh, beautiful. What else? What else? What else? All right, let's have a little shake in here. Ah, yes. Oh, this is a good one. There, oh, let me have a sip of my drink for this. Hang on. Hang on. Heavy, heavy stuff ahead, people. Fair warning. Mm. Mm. So this is from Tabby Cat of No Fixed Address who asks, I am fascinated by eugenics. I don't think it's all bad. Do you think it's moral? Is there a place for it in the evolution of mankind? My brother was born with Down syndrome. We love him dearly, but it has torn our family apart. My parents divorced two years after he was born. My father pretty much drinks himself to sleep. And my mother takes a Valium every day at 5 p.m., washed down with a small glass of wine. If we could take Downs out of the human gene pool, wouldn't that be a good thing to do? Wouldn't that be of service to mankind? Eugenics, um, good question and thank you. Eugenics is the study or practice of attempting to improve the human gene pool by encouraging the reproduction of people considered to have desirable traits and discouraging and preventing the reproduction of people considered to have undesirable traits. Um, also the, the science of improving stock, whether it's human or animal. Tabby Cat, I'm truly sorry to hear that substance abuse is your parents' chosen way of dealing with this heartache. Um, as many of us have found out, it is not a long-term solution. I'm no doctor, but Valium and wine paves the road to some dark places and perhaps some gentle family counseling is needed here before it damages your mother's physical body. Now, let's address this. this is a very serious question, a very good question. Who gets to decide which traits are desirable and which are not? That's the issue. Who gets to decide whether or not it is moral or immoral to mess with the gene pool? We could debate this. Actually, this is an excellent subject for debate because, oh boy, it's very difficult to, for some people to keep cool, calm and objective during this. But I could argue that as eternal beings having multiple incarnations, we are aware of the gene pool of the bloodlines we choose to incarnate into. And we choose these lives carefully with a view to overcoming the challenges and having overcome them, we essentially put those markers on mute. The potential is still there, whatever the challenge or condition. But once our spirit has overcome the programming of the ego, then the full glory of the divine cosmic intelligence is available to us, giving us options we never thought existed, let alone possible. And that would eliminate the need for gene editing. Well, you know, that's the plan. It would be a good idea to study multiple and varying viewpoints on eugenics. The first thing people's minds go to is, um, is the attempt to create a super race, isn't it? And of course, you know, we think of the Nazi Germany and of Hitler. We are in dangerous territory if we think that our race is vastly superior to all others. 
And we are in dangerous territory, I believe, if we attempt to sterilize that race from all outside influences for the sole purpose of creating the super race. Do you remember a chap called Himmler, anyone? Yeah, he was obsessed with experiments to breed pure white chickens because um, he ran a poultry farm before World War II. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? Um, but he was intent on doing the same thing with humans after he rose to the very top of the Nazi hierarchy. We've all heard of the Liebensborn, you know, Himmler's breeding program to safeguard the future of a, the thousand year Reich, as he called it, by providing pure future generations to replace those lost by war. They actually stole children, blonde Aryan children, and put them into special breeding clinics and treated them very well, by the way. It sounds far-fetched, but it happened. It was witnessed and documented. And one of the ladies in the uh, ABBA, that band, whose tunes we just can't seem to get out of our heads, um, it is believed that she was actually one of the Liebensborn. We know for a fact that uh, SS officers in Scandinavia were instructed to mate with the local population, even if they were already married. Why would they? Well, Scandinavia, it's a bit of a hub for the blonde and blue eyed people, isn't it? Um, and that's the same regime. The SS, the Reich, they put all the undesirables into camps and it wasn't just Jews, but homosexuals those with physical disabilities, those with mental disabilities, gypsies, black-skinned people, and of course, dissenters. So, okay, now we know there is potential for evil in eugenics, but let's ask ourselves this question as per Mr. Tabby Cat. How would it benefit mankind's expansion of consciousness and evolution if we, edit out, if we edited out all the conditions such as downs? cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, multiple sclerosis, motor neuron disease, or Lou Gehrig as it's called in the USA, certain types of cancer, the list is endless. And we might say, <clears throat> wow, Arnie, that's great. And indeed, it does sound great. So from the perspective of the incarnating soul, I suppose it wouldn't have to worry about any of these conditions. But you see, the incarnating soul is never worried about anything. It is focused on having an experience, and if that experience is challenging, it is focused on overcoming it, overwriting the perceived defect or program corruption by affirming the divine cosmic blueprints and templates of perfection. It all goes back to this, I think. We need to learn, affirm, embrace, and celebrate our true divine cosmic nature. Through this, we can identify and overwrite the false ego program and get on with the joyous task of refining our personalities. And as the spirit inhabits the human, bye-bye suffering. The playground we call the universe, we created it from no thing. That is a laudable triumph of great difficulty. If we made this, and we did, we can update it, we can improve it. But how we do that is by improving ourselves in alignment with all that is. Thank you, Tabby Cat, for your email. If you need help talking to your parents, please just drop me a line. 
we can chat at no charge, no biggie. And for everybody out there who is new to eugenics, there is a lot of material out there uh, and a lot of opinions, a great many opinions. I'm going to recommend a couple of books to get you started because the word itself, it makes people queasy. But we have to overcome that and we have to learn to review materials in a calm and objective manner. Eugenics, I think is a Greek root. It means good in birth, good in stock. So my old pal G.K. Chesterton wrote a series of essays on eugenics. He was not for it at a time where people were for it. It's called Eugenics and Other Evils by G.K. Chesterton. Um, I happen to like Chesterton's writing style. And the other one, a lot more objective, it's called In the Name of Eugenics by Daniel Kevels, K-E-V-L-E-S. I'm going to say hands down, it's one of the best books on eugenics I have read thus far. And I have read many, many books on eugenics. All right. Um, thank you, Tabby Cat, for, uh, you know, for that. I think we should leave it there for quack for this show. Um, many thanks to everybody who wrote in. And now perhaps let's lighten the mood a little bit. First off, if you have a drink in your hand, take a little sip, because I know I'm going to. <clears throat> oh, gosh, I'm, I'm liking that. Okay. So it's time for a little tiny pat of poetry. Where's my kazoo? Hold on. Yes, folks. After a hard day's shamaning, and it has never been harder than it is today, I like nothing better than coming home, putting my feet up, having a nice cup of tea or a small drinky-poo, and writing really bad, but occasionally brilliant, non-peer-reviewed poetry. Here's a little something I wrote as I got off track during a sacred writing exercise. I was reviewing Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, the best known psalm in all Christendom. Um, this is not my version of Psalm 23. These are my musings after having studied it for an hour or so in a state of prayerful contemplation. And I should warn you, it's not one of my lighter, sillier poems. I do have, if not dark moments, slightly gray moments. Uh, let me read the original version. Well, hardly the original. Let me read a reasonable facsimile translation from the King James Version, not my favorite Bible, but certainly the best known. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and staff, they do comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I contemplated that for an hour, and I came up with a poem on it called I Know Go Baba. The Lord is my shepherd, but I am no lamb. You mess with me, 
and your head will go BAM. Those pastures green that Bill Gates has bought up in order to starve us, well, that's truly effed up. Mankind has stepped away from the paths of righteousness, confusing evil with tolerance and virtue with spinelessness. We embraced the shadow of death and built our future in its valley. We drank the devil's brew with no thought for the final tally. The table prepared before us is laden with poison and deceit. They disguised it with tasty morsels. We approach and they pull away the seat. No mercy, no goodness, no charity, no cups overflowing with kindness. Look around and note the disparity. Was it fear or apathy that caused the blindness? I shall take it upon myself, come what may, to expose the corruption. The truth needs no defence, but to reveal it requires fortitude and gumption. When the evil has been captured and the execution rifles pointed, when the dark cabal is well and truly fractured, only then will I consent to be anointed. When the people admit to their error, then mercy and goodness shall follow. When we see an end to the terror, only then shall we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My darlings, I urge you all not to be silent in the face of tyranny. Your humanity is just a template temporarily housing an unlimited, eternal, magnificent soul of unimaginable power. I urge you all to stop blocking out all the things you feel will hurt you. Hurt is of the ego. Your ego is not your personality. It is a program designed to corrupt the divine connection. Nothing can hurt you. No one can hurt you if you live life from a spirit-centered perspective. Spirit is eternal. The ego is bound to a timeline, a temporality, and an illusion. Stop feeding it. Reject the big spoon of convenience that the almighty state sticks in our faces every day. We don't want their food. We don't want to eat or drink or listen to their filth. We don't want to hear their propaganda. Above all, at this time of the great expose of corruption leading to the Great Awakening, stop voting in and supporting these bought and paid for low-life ego-driven apology for humanity politicians. The power is in three words. We the People, whenever any form of government becomes destructive of those ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government. When the British refused to be held accountable for their actions, because they were petitioned by the colonists, when the British refused to be held accountable, 
the colonists complained. What did the British do? They told the colonists to go eat poo. And what did the colonists do? They overthrew the British and replaced them with a new American government. And if you study American history, you will agree that they accomplished much in a very short space of time. The British denied colonists their sovereignty. The colonists told the British that sovereignty comes from God, not from King George. If we read the Declaration of Independence, we will have all the answers needed to see why a new government was needed. It is a statement of how things ought to be run in the service of the people. You could say it is an owner's manual for a new fledgling government. I will quote a passage from a letter written by Thomas Jefferson on May the 8th, 1825, to uh, somebody who uh, was a fan of his, um, Henry Lee, uh, Mr. Henry Lee. Jefferson writes as follows. When forced, therefore, to resort to arms for redress, an appeal to the tribunal of the world was deemed proper for our justification. This was the object of the Declaration of Independence, not to find out new principles or new arguments never before thought of, not merely to say things which had never been said before, but to place before mankind the common sense of the subject in terms so plain and firm as to command their assent and to justify ourselves in the independent stand we are compelled to take. In other words, Americans took great care to explain to the rest of the world why they did what they did. Liberty and freedom are universally understood principles. And the concept of natural human rights was not something created by the founding fathers. No, no person, no organization, no collective can grant these rights. They are God given. And if anyone tries to take them away by force, which is what is happening all over the world now, it is our God-given right to stop them by any means necessary. Darlings, Cosmic Conversations via Zoom will be back in April. Uh, check my website for details. We will discuss Hildegard of Bingen and Julian of Norwich. And the presentation for that one is titled Rocking the House with Hildy Van B and Anchorite J. And on May the 27th, the Cosmo, Cosmic Cosmo, Cosmic Convo, Cosmic Conversation, we will discuss Ayn Rand and her contribution to spreading common sense. Um, Ayn Rand, she said, I'm often asked whether I am primarily a novelist or a philosopher. The answer is both. In a certain sense, every novelist is a philosopher because one cannot present a picture of human existence without a philosophical framework. In order to define, explain and present my concept of man, I had to become a philosopher in the specific meaning of the term. I will not deny I am a huge Ayn Rand fan. All right, darlings, if you are going to be in Roseburg, Oregon, uh, March the 19th, which is a Sunday at 11 a.m., 
and you would like to hear my presentation on deep state demons and where the heck we are going with all of this, show up at the Holistic Earth Bookshop on Winchester in Roseburg at 11 a.m. with 25 little dollars in your hand, and you can hear me pontificate and do my thing for three hours. And if you are a member of the Oregon Connecting Consciousness Group, on March the 23rd, which is a Thursday at 6.30 p.m. in the evening, I will be doing a 90-minute Zoom presentation for them on things that go bump in the night, and that will be lots of fun. Now, my darlings, are we coming close to the end of the show? I think we are coming close to the end of the show. I just want to thank everyone again for listening and for writing in. Because we started it off just for quack, questions, answers and comments. Um, and with your recommendations and with your support, it has become so much more. Um, and I really didn't think I'd be able to fill up an hour back three years ago when we started this. But now I, I almost wish I could do a different show every week. There's so much to talk about. Now I'm going to take my final sip of my drinky poo. Hold on there. Mm. Mm. I am so sorry to finish this drink because I have set myself a one drink minimum, I would love several more, but it's not going to happen, people, because I am a responsible adult. And I can now say, my darlings, I think it's it for the show. I have finished my drink, and that always means the end. I hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I enjoyed recording, because I always have a blast. Why wouldn't I? I connect with martini heads all over the world. How beautiful is that? Today's real-life cocktail was a classic from Mr. Boston's Deluxe Official Bartender's Guide, which belonged to my late uh, father-in-law, Art Nussbaum. <laughs> it's called the Harlem Cocktail, and here's how you make it. Three-quarter ounce pineapple juice, one and a half ounces of good dry gin, half a teaspoon, half a teaspoon only of maraschino liqueur, not the stuff from the cherries, it's an actual liqueur, and you want to get yourself two small cubes of pineapple. Shake all of that well over cracked ice and you strain it into a chilled glass. And it's very nice indeed. I have to say, I really do enjoy the classics. If you have a, um, a library secondhand bookstore, for some reason, um, people give away all of their cookbooks and all of their, uh, you know, their beverage um, guides, all of these bartenders guides. You can find tons of stuff like that in your library's secondhand bookstore. And the classic old cocktails, they're lovely. These days, people sell you a can of an already mixed cocktail. On this show, friends don't let friends drink pre-mixed cocktails. Now remember, folks, cocktails are great. That one certainly was, if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, as I do, one drink is all you need. I am Oni, mad as the day is long, Abedician. This was a Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, remember you can bring more joy and laughter into your lives by avoiding Russian literature and avoiding Scandinavian philosophers. And at every opportunity, darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>